My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. After we moved to Australia, uh, we were actually looking for a rental accommodation for us to live in. And, uh, you know, we just passed a block of land that, that was for sale. And we're like, okay, uh, don't know how property buying works in Australia. So let's just give the agent a call and find out. This is Property Investory, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're speaking with Cinch founder and positively personified Savit Arora. He takes us on a journey through his childhood in India amidst his brave declaration that could have cost him everything and details the wild ride that brought him to Australia, motivating us with a suspenseful story with an unexpected ending. tale is a colorful one, beginning in the Indian city and taking detours through Hong Kong and London before settling down in Australia. He's been in the property investment space for around 10 years and reinventing the art of financial lending when he founded Cinch, a mortgage broking business based in Melbourne. Previously, I've, I've, I've been an educator. Um, so, I used, to be, I used to be an analytics teacher and then um, I went into investment banking. So, I've worked with UBS in Hong Kong. I've worked with JP Morgan in London. I've done my MBA in finance from, from the UK as well. Um, and then uh, uh, to settle down with family, we moved to Australia. And that's where, you know, the, the property journey and, and my own business started, so to speak. Um, and yeah, it, it, was, it was basically a natural progression combining my, my experience in the education sector, the finance and investment banking sector, and also a bit of strategy consulting that I had done in my previous life. So all of that has been brought in together to build this space um, with, with the business where, you know, not only am I growing my own property portfolio, but I'm helping others achieve that property dream in Australia as well. A typical day for Aurora involves handling a ton of calls, up to 220 per day. This works out well for him as he loves connecting with others and discussing their property journeys. It's basically just, you know, talking to different people, um, trying and understand what they want to achieve in, in their property journey and then how we can strategize and help them get there faster. Um, and and that's that's what my day-to-day looks like, just just talking to a lot of people and also then obviously coordinating with my team uh, that, that were absolutely excellent at what they do and just putting things together for each and every client of ours and making sure we give them really good customer service as well. He remembers how he felt when COVID first arrived 
bringing forecasts of doom and gloom to property investors around the country. As we all came to see, everything turned upside down. When the pandemic started, obviously, there were a lot of experts talking about, you know, any, anywhere between 25 to 30% fall in property prices. Um, and then about eight months later, those same uh, experts had done a complete U-turn and said, now we, we expect property prices to go up by 20 to 30%. Now, that one's true. That one is true. Not the plummet, but the up is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, 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 and I think just like, you know, um, not many people are sure about how this pandemic is going to pan out. Uh, you know, everyone's been, you know, playing it as as things come and, and uh, you know, just trying to maneuver around it and, and find the best possible way they can and guessing, so to speak, in most cases they're not. I think the same has been true for the property market during this period as well. Uh, it's been anybody's guess, um, uh, especially as I pointed out, I mean, those there were a lot of experts who pointed at a downward spiral and then it actually went up and then they changed tack. And, you know, over the last six months now, we've seen a bit of, you know, stability coming back into the market on the back of some rate increases and, and you know, different moves that are being taken by the banks. So, yeah, it's it's been a roller coaster, so to speak. Uh, but, yeah, it's been keeping us on our toes, keeping us busy. And as you said, you know, January, which typically is a, is a, is a quiet month, has been quite um, busy as well. Stepping back further, Aurora reflects on his childhood where he got used to traveling at a young age. Uh, so I grew up, grew up in, uh, in the north of India, uh, in a, well, in the state of Punjab, but uh, traveled a lot, around a lot because of, um, you know, the job my dad was in, so we had to travel a bit. But um, he passed away at a, at a very young age for me, so I was only 11 when he passed away. And after that, we moved to Chandigarh. Um, that's where I did all my schooling. I went to college. Um, basically, you know, grew up in that city. And that's where my first job and my first business also was. Uh, I started my first business as a 17-year-old, uh, uh, straight straight out of school. So I did that for a few years uh, while, you know, attending uni as well as uh, doing some uh, work as, a, as an educator side by side. Um, and then, you know, my journey took me to, to uh, Hong Kong from there uh, to join UBS Investment Bank. So, so yeah, life's, life's been interesting. His entrepreneurial flame was ignited by his maternal uncle, another young businessman who took Aurora under his wing. So, mom and dad were always, um, you know, um, so as we call them, you know, PAYG employees. So, so they, they, they were not very much into entrepreneurship. I've actually t- taken all my um, motivation and inspiration from my maternal uncle, actually, who just like me, who uh, he, he basically got into business at the age of 16. Um, and he's just done really well for himself. And, and he's been my role model throughout my life. Everything I do, um, I always think of how he would do it. Um, and I just try to, you know, uh, keep that in my mind and follow in his footsteps. Um, so he's been a big inspiration. And, uh, you know, um, that's, I think I sp- saw that spark in him. And they were always, even when I was a young child, um, there were always comparisons made between him and me because we, we age-wise, we were only like, 14 years apart so so um and uh, everyone always said you know uh, I'm, I'm just a replica of him from a very young age so i guess um you know that that uh, that kind of nature is is what helped me uh, you know mold myself into someone i am today um 
and uh, you know i just i just hope that i've been able to do justice to you know his legacy so to speak and uh, you know continue to build on that he's a, he's a very very successful industrialist in india um he has um over uh, 1000 people employed under him and and he manages um a very big um manufacturing business in india um and and he's he's doing some international expansions as well so um you know i'm just trying to as i said follow in his footsteps and and learn from him i still learn from him i still uh, talk to him occasionally about um what what i'm doing and what my plans are and even though you know um he he tries not to but anything he says i pick on it and you know i'm able to learn something out of it as well uh, and just take that guidance from him even, even though he he might not even know about it but i'm always listening and and taking cues from him and and following that Another role model in Aurora's life is his school principal. From his time at St Stephen's School in India, Aurora and his classmates still keep in touch with him and each other, proving social media can certainly have its benefits. School time was really fun. Um uh, I I have uh, quite a few memories of uh, you know when when I was at boarding school initially and then when when I started uh, when, when I moved to Chandigarh and went to St St Stephen's School in Chandigarh. Um one of the guiding lights that that pretty much every child in that school had was our, our school principal who even till date each and every one of us of us look up to his name is mr harold kawa um and uh, you know even now anytime we go back to india we we make sure we go and visit him if it's his birthday everyone still wishes him so he holds the utmost respect in each and everyone's hearts he's he's touched so many lives and and uh, you know he's he's brought so many of us together and and you know we we've just continued to uh just uh, do what we can to uh, do him proud as well and then um, all all my friends from school and seniors and juniors they're all you know throughout the world uh in in various positions capacities and we are still connected we we are still connected via social media we talk on a regular basis um and we have those friendships for life uh, where we can still call on each other and you know there there have been instances when i've walked into a display home here in australia and there's a guy sitting there who i went to school with and uh, and we 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 yeah we've come across each other you know after 25 years and he's a banker with anz so you know we've caught up like all the old times so, yeah the school was an amazing place childhood was good plenty of fond memories the schools he went to followed a similar path to the strand schooling system you do your grade grade 1 to 10 and then grade 11 and 12 where you then start preparing for your uni and you decide what path you're going to take whether it's going to be to become a doctor or an engineer or a lawyer so it's it's very similar um so so the path that that we chose was for me to become an engineer um and uh, you know uh, i went to uh, punjab engineering college which is also in chandigarh it's one of the top 10 universities in india and um i did my mechanical engineering there uh, and from there you know as i said i i started my own business i i worked on the side part time then became a full time educator uh, and from there went went overseas on his journey to discovering what he wanted to study at university a couple of the world desired options were automatically ruled out so so funnily enough i was i was never one who could read a lot i i i'm i'm one who's got really good memory um and and i just learn from listening rather than reading and writing and all of that stuff um so law was out of the question for me 
for that reason because you have to do a lot of reading and writing it was always a choice between becoming a doctor and becoming an engineer in my case um and the only reason i did not go to do my medical degree is um i was never very good with blood <laughs> so every time every time we did every time we did a dissection in 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 you know science class i would just walk away from that session and not do it try try to avoid something like that so i always knew you know that's something that's not my cup of tea even though i i i had the mental capacity to become a doctor um i just didn't have in it in it me in me to to you know uh just just do that on a day to day basis so the only only choice pretty much was doing engineering um which i think ended up being a very good choice in the end because that allowed me to meet a lot of people like minded people and then you know explore getting into the business side of things um because i think as i said from a very young age i i i had that in me that that i i could not work for someone for too long i was i've always been a very natural leader so um it it just fits my personality that that i build something of my own and you know i bring people together and make sure that we work as a team so so that was always going to happen and doing engineering actually was a stepping stone to that i've never actually worked in an engineering job throughout my life because you started a business actually tell us about the business that you started at 17 what what was it uh so uh, <laughs> i started an event management company uh and uh, ran it for 3 years so so we were into organizing you know road shows and and exhibitions and all the all of those those kind of things for corporates throughout north india um was pretty successful um but then uh, after 3 years of running in running it one of the bigger event management companies basically bought us out because we weren't you know we we were competition but as at the same time we didn't have the resources to compete with them so I was happy for them to buy us out and you know in the meantime as I said I was already working part time uh, educating and and helping people prepare for uh, their MBA examinations so um I went into that full time instead and and made that a career path in the meantime I always wanted to be on the finance side of things uh, because because numbers just talk to me all the time so um and uh, back in the days investment banking was the buzzword right uh this is uh yeah still is, still is but um you know at the time this is we we're talking about pre gfc um and uh you know everyone wanted to be an investment banker and so did i so um i actually applied for a few positions in with ubs in zurich um but for work permit reasons i wasn't able to get that position but they said it's much easier to get your work permit for hong kong and we've got a similar position in hong kong if you would be interested um so that's how the opportunity came about and i basically just took it with both hands got on the first flight possible um and the day i flew out from india to hong kong is the day lehman brothers crashed i remember that very clearly what was your feeling when you heard about that the feeling was well it, it is what it is but but um in, in my case i'd always planned that um investment banking again was part of a bigger plan because my my keen interest was to do um, do an mba in finance and do it from one of the uh better universities from the UK um so for me it was more about getting that international exposure in a big organization in the industry that I wanted to and UBS was a stepping stone for me and and that's how I saw it coming up after the break Arul reveals the bold declaration he made risking it all I still remember the first for my first day at UBS 
we had a team lunch uh, to to welcome me into the team, and we went out. And my boss asks me, you know, so what's what's your plan for the future? What, what do you, where do you see yourself in one, two, three years from now? He shows how he didn't get to where he is today without a lot of grit and determination. I still remember the day. It was New Year's Eve, and I was in the hospital. And the doctor comes up to me and says, "I'm sorry, but you'll never be able to walk again." He continues his shocking stories with the tale of how he purchased his first block of land in Australia. After we moved to Australia, uh, we were actually looking for a rental accommodation for us to live in, and uh, you know, we just passed a block of land that that was for sale, and we're like, okay, uh, don't know how property buying works in Australia, so let's just give the agent a call and find out. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Sham, and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey, let's be real. Deals that can yield 20 to 30% per annum do exist. Don't believe me? Well, here's a story about property development I invested in Victoria. This developer had the project fully funded beforehand, but he and his family suffered a loss, a circumstance that led him to be unable to proceed with the development. So, I stepped in and in two weeks, we funded the shortfall, allowing for the development to continue. Five months later, the development was refinanced and we received our funds back with interest. Yes, there are amazing opportunities in the property market like this one. So, do you want to get a better return with lower risk on your money? Then register your interest by visiting propertyinvestory.com. Boldly going where no man has gone before. Aurora went with the honesty is always best policy, but did it pay off? I still remember the first, my first day at UBS, we had a team lunch uh, to, to welcome me into the team and we went out and my boss asks me, you know, so what's, what's your plan for the future? What, what do you, where do you see yourself in one, two, three years from now? And I sat there and, and, and I smiled and I said, look, honestly, this time next year, I want to be doing an MBA in the UK. So it would be really great if you watch me for three months and then write a recommendation for me. Well, that is quite bold, I have to admit. What, what, what did you think? <laughs> Honestly, she liked the honesty. So she said, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad you said that because a lot of people actually come here for that reason alone, but they don't talk about it. And the fact that you're talking about it make, makes me already trust you because, you know, you are absolutely open about what your intentions are and, you know, uh, you do what you're supposed to do and do it well and you will have a glowing reference from me and uh, you know anytime after your MBA if you if you want to come back uh, I'd be more than if you if you've performed well I'd be more than happy to take you back as well and, and put in a good word for you so so that honestly uh, that honesty always helped and and I've always tried to uh, you know do that in in whatever endeavor I take up um, and yeah, three months down the line, she was true to her word. I had done well. She wrote me in a glowing recommendation letter, which, uh, you know, another three months later got me got me uh, an acceptance from a few universities in the UK. And uh, exactly a year from, from that, I was in the UK doing my MBA. It was a one-year MBA and um, yeah, made some really good connections, some really good friends for life, made a relationship for life out of the MBA. I met, I, I met my future wife there. She was, she was uh, you know, uh, she also was on the MBA program, uh, so we we met there, and uh, straight after the MBA, we got married, um, and then 
you know, <laughs> my life's been good since then. While studying for his MBA, he was hired as a strategy consultant by the university to work for a year and a half, revamping their education programs. Once I completed my MBA, I obviously applied for a few different opportunities and JP Morgan, uh, actually Deutsche Bank came calling. Um, I joined them and, uh, you know, I was supposed to join in an investment banking associate position. Um, but day one, when I rock up, they had a restructuring and they decided to put me in operations. Um, so I walked out of the door the next day. And um, in the meantime, you know, I had another offer from JP Morgan. So I took that up, uh, stayed with them for about a year and a half. Um, then also tried dabbling at options trading. So there was an Australian firm that had a London office that was hiring at the time. Their name was Tibra. So I joined them and became an options trader for about eight months. Um, and in that time, um, you know, we found out that my wife, who was working for Barclays at the time, was pregnant. And, uh, you know, we'd all, 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 always spoken about as soon as we have to start a family, we'll move to Australia because she, she, she was born and brought up in Australia. She's an Australian citizen. So that's where we took the call. You know, we're, we're resigning and, and starting our move to Australia. And in 2013, we moved here. The lack of work-life balance was one thing when he was younger, but a shocking event shook up his mindset. That's the thing about uh, investment banking. There's work and there's no life. <laughs> uh, and that's why it's, it's, a, it's, it's a lifestyle you can afford when you, when you are single or when you're you know, a young married couple. Um, but I personally think once you once you have kids, uh, if you do want to spend time quality time with them, then something has to give, and that's where uh, you know it it wasn't actually a, a planned decision. So when we moved to Australia, the plan was still to continue with investment banking, but then you know life throws different things at you, and and those cause you to change your plans. So after we moved to Australia, I actually um, ended up having. Um, a life-threatening injury um, and uh, uh, I still remember the day it was New Year's Eve and I was in the hospital and the doctor comes up to me and says I'm sorry but you'll never be able to walk again um, and and at that time their focus was on saving my my uh, kidneys and my liver because the I, I'd been previously misdiagnosed by another hospital and they'd been treating me with wrong medicines um, so that those 15 days were really critical and they focused on saving my organs instead of, you know, focusing on, on, on my leg. Um, and, and they had just given up and uh, I was told to go for, you know, rehab and, and do certain things to just try and be able to walk a little bit. Uh, and I still remember coming out of the hospital when we were going home, thinking to myself, my daughter's only six months old and if I'm not able to walk again, I'll never be able to play with my, my kids. Um, and that sort of acted as a motivation for me to, you know, work hard and, and prove everyone wrong. So for the next 18 months, um, I basically retaught myself to walk and run uh, against, the, against the doctor's advice. Um, and, uh, you know, I not, not only started walking again, but I started playing cricket again, which has always been a passion. Um, and my wife was a pillar of strength during that time because having a six-month-old and managing the house because I wasn't able to work. So she was working full-time, managing a young kid. Um, and and we were also, we'd all, also already committed to building our first home in Australia. So 
all of that was happening at the same time, uh, which was which was quite stressful. So I took up the opportunity to a do the rehab, but also make sure that you know I'm involved in the day to day construction of the house, um, so that you know I could take some load off of my missus, and that kind of sparked my interest in property as well because I I, I saw the house being built on a day to day basis, and then eighteen months down the line, once I was able to walk again and 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 you know get back to life as normal the time came to decide what i wanted to do next from a work perspective and that's when you know i thought i i just came through such a challenging experience where i could have lost everything in life and not be able to spend spend any time with the kids and ha- being being a father of girls um you know you barely get to spend time with them anyways once they start going to school and they grow up so that's when my wife was getting an opportunity to start working for McKinsey, which would involve a lot of traveling. And we had a chat and I said, look, you do the traveling and, and you do all of that. Don't worry about the kids. What I'll do is I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur anyways. So I'll start my own business and I'll also become a stay at home dad and, and spend time with the girls, you know, uh, because they will have a natural bond with the mother anyways. But I will build that bond and have that work life balance. So I'll do the school pickups, the drop-offs. I'll I'll read stories to them while my wife was traveling from Monday to Thursday on her on her day job. She she would fly out on a Monday, go overseas, come back on Thursday nights, and I would take care of the girls uh, while managing a growing business. So that's how it all came about. And uh, you know, <laughs> we we went from uh, you know being being I went from being an investment banker with no work life balance to starting my own and and you know. Having, having a balance that, you know, has given me that opportunity to have a very close bond with, with my family and at the same time have the fulfillment of growing something from scratch. His inspiring tale doesn't end there. Determined to get the recognition he deserved, he didn't let the doctors take the credit that didn't belong to them. Look, I went through a lot of therapy. So it was acupuncture, acupressure, chiros, uh, osteos, physios. I did a lot of that, but then at the same time, I did a lot of natural stuff, um, which just involved doing things that felt right, uh, because I would monitor myself on a day-to-day basis and see if I was doing a certain thing and that was making me feel better and making me feel, me, making my limbs feel a bit more relaxed. Um, I would try and continue doing that, even if the doctor said not to, because the advice from the doctors always was, don't move your limbs too much because you'll do more damage. and um, about 10 months later they went from that to saying you know you don't need another surgery anymore because the the legs healed itself and and you know i still remember turn, turning around to them and saying it's not healed itself it's taken a lot of hard work uh, but yeah it has happened so with aurora being a stay-at-home dad in the age of COVID, what does his jet-setting wife do during the international border closures she's still at mckinsey she's now you know at a, at a senior position uh, she still travels and uh, I still do the same. I still am the stay-at-home dad. Um, I, I work from my office a couple of days a week uh, and then, you know, uh, I work from home the remaining days when they have their activities, etc. Uh, the last couple of years, obviously, uh, a lot of the burden has been shared around the house because my wife has been working from home. So she's taken on a lot of those duties so that I can grow the business more. Um so, so we, we've always worked very well as a team and, and you know, um, I'm, I'm forever grateful for having met her. Um, 
and you know she's 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 been the biggest support pillar in my life amazing amazing well it's it's perfect timing because then we can sort of sort lead into your property journey because I, i know you said that the first property that you built was your home tell us a little bit about how how that came about after we moved to australia uh we were actually looking for a rental accommodation for us to live in and uh you know we just passed a block of land that that was for sale and we're like okay uh, don't know how property buying works in australia so let's just give the agent a call and find out and uh, the agent quoted us a price range of 320 to 350 for the block of land um and we're like yeah we we don't have that that kind of money we don't know whether we'll be able to get a loan so we just put in a cheeky offer of 280 and and uh, you know we asked him what what needs to be done to put an offer and the agent goes oh you give us a deposit of 500 and you know you put in an offer and we'll see if it gets accepted we'll we'll take it to the to the vendor and uh, i still remember walking up to an atm drawing 500 cash going to the pro- uh, to the agent's office giving the 500 cash and saying okay we want to put an offer for $280,000 and uh, walking away and uh, a few hours later we were driving around looking for houses and uh, getting a call from the property agent saying well um, they're saying they already have an offer of 281 so they are not going to accept your offer and uh, so they called my wife's phone and my wife told me while I was driving and I said well why don't you say 281 100 then and uh, straight away the agent laughed and he said no 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 that's not going to happen you'll have to increase your offer substantially so he said well we don't we don't have we don't even know what we're doing so the maximum we can think of going up to is 285 um he said okay i'll i'll go back to the vendors and a few minutes later called back saying your offer has been accepted and and this is for a property we 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 thought we had no chance of buying we were just mucking around because uh the listed price was 320 to 350 as i said um uh, and we just ended up uh, you know we we rocked up in the evening to to our cousin's house and you know she she runs around she comes comes to us and asks so how was the property search today did you find anything to live in and you're like now we didn't find any rental accommodation but we bought a block of land what about what her reaction must have been <laughs> and uh, you know next day we walked into a nab branch and uh, spoke to the banker there and organized a loan for ourselves and yeah it started from there and then we started looking for builders to build the house and the rest as they say is history and, and that's kind of become my motto for for the business as well and for our, all our clients so i always encourage them to ask the question right i always tell them if you don't ask you don't get so don't think the agent is saying xyz so it's not possible or don't don't think the banks banks are saying you know this is what's what's possible and this isn't if you if you put your mind to it it is possible if there's a problem there will be a solution right um that's why my official title in my business is chief solutions officer <laughs> so so you come to me with a problem and leave it with me and i'll find the solution for you right um because because that's that's what you have to do you 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 have to work around and and find a feasible solution to whatever whatever life throws at you and um if you don't ask the question to the to the agent for example you're not going to get get an honest answer So so be frank about what your circumstances are and put your best foot forward and if it happens it happens otherwise there's something better in store for you Sidvia Roy's story continues in the next episode of Property Investory. 
He shares how one long lineup in an early morning queue changed everything. And my wife asked me, you know, what's the plan? We put, we're putting deposits on all these blocks planned. What are we going to do? The time that one last minute sentence threw him for a loop. And suddenly turning around and saying, well, you've got this $40,000 loan, which we need you to pay off before we approve the loan. Uh, so that was a scary moment. He dives into exactly what he does as a chief solutions officer. There's no agenda. There's no, no talk of selling anything. Uh, it's purely educational. So, so every day we'll uh, spread some information spread some knowledge and that's next time on Property Investory. If you love the show, perhaps you're now ready to invest your money in a low-risk, high-return deal. If you are, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a lender. There are amazing opportunities in the property market right now. And I'm looking for lenders who want to invest their money for a shorter six months. What are you waiting for? Don't let your money just sit in the bank. To register your interest, text me your name and email address on 0499881040. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tapiphone.